Hey, everyone, and welcome to My Favorite Conservative. I am Edward. And I am Andrea. And I am not conservative, but Edward is my favorite conservative. Thank you. You're welcome. So we are going to dive into two topics today. And the first one, it's it's a hill I'm, I'm willing to die on. What would that be? Transgenderism. Oh, Yes. Okay. Yes. I know a topic that you care <laughs> passionately about as well. So I want to talk about this because I used to spend a lot of time with children. I used to be a teacher and being a child isn't easy. You got to learn a lot of stuff. It's not easy. And I have no problem with anyone who's transgender, Okay. but those decisions need to be made when you're an adult. You are not an adult at 16 or 15 or 14 and not 10. And they're major decisions to make. They are indeed. They are indeed, right? So one of the things that came up, I guess, this week. Something came up this week, yeah. Yeah. So there is a video that was put out by Planned Parenthood, and it's a little bit disturbing. But before we talk about the video, let me tell you, and this was almost a sticking point when we met, (laughs) I have good memories of Planned Parenthood. When I was a teenager, when I was actually 17, I was about to go off to college across the country. My mother would not take me to her OBGYN for my first annual exam. I never had one because she said doing so was actually because I wanted birth control. So giving me birth control was making me a slut. But I was a smart cookie and I knew I wanted to be on birth control. And so I went to Planned Parenthood myself here in Birmingham It was terrifying, and I was just going for my annual exam and to get birth control. I had a positive experience, a very positive experience, so much so that once I moved to L.A. and was in college, I went to Planned Parenthood instead of the on-campus doctors. I was actually more comfortable at Planned Parenthood. I volunteered for Planned Parenthood for several years. I mean, I have a very, I guess, good relationship with Planned Parenthood. However. Something has happened (laughs) and it it hasn't been recent. So we looked at this video that is sort of making the rounds and not just on conservative channels. I mean, it's on ABC, it's everywhere. And this video is on Planned Parenthood's YouTube channel. We will put a link to the video. It actually came out in December. So almost a year ago. And it's a short video. And I'm just going to kind of talk you through it instead of sharing the screen. So They talk about how, as you're going through puberty, your experiences may not line up with your gender identity or how you see yourself. And then that can be uncomfortable, scary, and stressful. Well, no shit. (laughs) Of course it is. I was terrified of puberty because I was a ballet dancer. I went to performing arts high school. Puberty was the kiss of death, especially for girls. I was so terrified of puberty that when I started seeing hairs, pubic hairs. I plucked them out because I thought that might stop puberty for me. Now, ballet, it turns out, actually does slow down puberty. So I didn't become a woman, air quotes for people who are listening, until I was 15. But I think about how I felt back then. And I look at this video and I wonder how I would have responded to it because I was looking for any and every way to stop puberty. And Plucking out your hairs does not do that, by the way. But according to this video, there are medicines that you can take that they're going to delay puberty for a while. They're called puberty blockers. And 
They're just a stop sign. Okay. They just a stop sign. They're just going to hold those hormones at bay for a little while and they're safe. And they're going to give you more time to figure out what's right for you. Well, I got news for you. If you're an X, X chromosome like me, mm -hmm. I'm a girl. That's biology. I'm a girl. I can feel like a boy. I can act like a boy. I'm still a girl. And these puberty blockers are damaging. They have permanent repercussions. And you can see this if you look online. And this terrifies me. I'm going to shut up for a second. What do you okay. think, Edward? A lot to unpack there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I, I want to actually start with Planned Parenthood itself. Okay. I'm, I'm glad that you had a good experience there. Planned Parenthood was founded in the 1920s yes. by a woman named Margaret Sanger. Mm -hmm. Margaret Sanger is an avowed racist and founded Planned Parenthood to eliminate the undesirables in our society air quotes. That was her phrasing of it, which included Negroes, which was her term at the time. And it was founded to eliminate Blacks and undesirables. Yeah. So I do not have the same fondness for Planned Parenthood that you do. I know. Um, fortunately, in the last couple of years, pe more people are shedding light on who Margaret Sanger really was. And Margaret, the Margaret Sanger Award was for the longest time a true badge of honor for the feminist community to win this. I yeah. remember Hillary won it. And now it, it, that's like winning the top prize from the Ku Klux Klan. Probably not, you know, something you actually want to win. I didn't know any of this about Planned Parenthood as a teenager or right. even a young adult. I didn't know any of this. Although I don't think Planned Parenthood really hides it. I don't think they hide it. They don't advertise it, but I don't think they hide their history. It's very easy to well, find. Well, I think they try to gloss over who Margaret Sanger really was. They might have, and, yes. And okay, now that's... that her writings and her actual recordings have come out, it's not pretty. Having said all that, with Planned Parenthood, abortions seem to be dwindling a little bit, seem to be going down. So they're looking for another form of revenue. And what better business to be in than gender affirming for kids and kids you can just go right in without a parent and they can put you on puberty blockers which andrea you said was i think they quoted as kind of a pause button it's a pause it's just a stop sign yes. and and that they done work yeah your hormones your chromosomes they're not something you just turn on and off they and aren't so you turn them off at 14 and decide to return them on at 18 what is that intermittent four years what is your body doing and yeah. how do they know? So they have no clue. They're just trying to get people in and they may truly believe it, but it's also another huge form of revenue. I also want to add that even though I was a ballet dancer and I was terrified of puberty because I didn't want to become a woman and gain weight. Even prior to that, when I was like in fourth or fifth grade, I was a tomboy. Mm -hmm. I liked to climb trees. I played with the boys in our cul-de-sac, or at least I tried to play sports with them. You know, I, I remember there was a whole year where I didn't wear a dress and I was quite proud of that. My <laughs> grandmother was upset, but I was quite proud. I didn't wear a dress for an entire year. So I guess I wasn't going to Sunday school during that year. I can't even imagine that at nine years old, if I had gone to my parents and we were where we are today and they would have said okay honey we're gonna affirm that you feel like a boy you like doing boyish things and we are going to put you on puberty blockers that's that's horrific to me it is and i think this is one of these questions you can ask somebody and get an absolute 100 percent agreement rate on is ask anybody 
if they always felt comfortable in their body yeah. when they were young, when they were a teenager, yeah. before they fully developed, every single person will say, no, no, no not really. Not. No, it's and, not a good time. And that's just it. Your brain is developing. Your decision-making processes are much more limited. You don't develop your frontal lobe, which is your decision processes, uh, usually until you're about 21. Some people even like a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To expect somebody at 13 or 14, 15, 16, whatever, to make life-altering decisions and the parents to go along with it is almost criminal. A lot of celebrities are celebrating the fact yeah. that their kids are trans and, and young children too. And one thing I think that Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt did, and this is when they were still together, this is their first biological child together, Shiloh, beautiful girl, looks just like her mother, except with blonde hair like her dad. She was very tomboyish, very. And they just let her express herself. And so if you see all these photos, you go back from the time Shiloh was about four all the way until about 14. She kept her hair very short. She wore boys clothes. I mean, she didn't look feminine at all. And they just let her express herself. They didn't talk about gender publicly other than to say what I just said. We're letting her express herself. By the way, they always use the pronouns her still. And she grew out of it. Now she wears her mom's gowns. You know, she grew out of it. She was a tomboy for a very long time. And that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. I mean, I've read countless stories uh, from women that say, Thank God that they didn't have this back when I was younger because yeah. I love being a woman. And for a time, I didn't. I was afraid of all the changes going on with my body and so on and so forth. And it kind of brings it around now of the celebrity, the trans celebrity kids where this is a social contagion. I think that what we're, what we're seeing here yeah. and I forget who said it, but you know, when you've got a high percentage of transgender kids in Beverly Hills, in, in basically known <laughs> in Akron, white. Ohio. Yeah. yeah. That should tell you something there. That this is a purely social pressure that these kids are put under where everybody thinks it's cool. I, I think there was a story a couple of weeks ago that a kindergarten teacher, or no, sorry, a fourth grade teacher said that a hundred percent of her kids identified as transgender. No. Yes. hundred percent. And it's statistically impossible first off. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you can just see everybody wants to be accepted. Everybody wants to be part of the cool kids. I will give the trans community credit. They're the loudest community out there, I think. And they have beaten this into people to where they have submitted. And now it is cool to consider yourself that, at least as a young person. Yes, there are people who are trans. There are people from the time they can remember don't feel comfortable in their bodies long before they even get close to puberty. But typically, it was boys who felt more like girls. And the thinking behind that with scientists, although I don't know if there's any way they could have proven it, was that we all start off initially as XX. We all start off initially as female. And, and then if you get the Y, you become a boy. So you didn't see, it was extremely rare to see someone who was born a girl, XX chromosomes, who wanted to transition to be a boy. It was it was beyond rare. And that's not the case anymore. What was that book? We should put a link to the book. What's uh, the book? 
Mm, Abigail, Abigail Schreier. Abigail Schreier. Uh, reversible damage. Okay. So Great. we will put a link to that book. We listened to the audiobook on our road trip. It's amazing. And she really documents how this is becoming hysteria. It seems to be affect teenage girls yeah. the most. You've got parents that won't take a stand anymore because they want to be their kids' friends or whatever. Ugh. And they're going along with this nonsense. Yeah. It has to stop. And great institutions like Boston's Children's Hospital, Vanderbilt, they've come out recently with, we have affirming care here. Well, what does that mean? That just means that the patient comes in, tells you what they have, and you agree to it. Yeah, exactly. That's not medicine. No, it's yeah, not. And yeah, it's not. we looked this up. I was horrified to find out that Children's Hospital Los Angeles is doing the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Really horrified. As callous as it may sound, it is a money-making juggernaut. It is. And they know it. Margins at hospitals are extremely thin. Yes, so. they are. If you're curious about what we're talking about, we will put links to the book and to that video. But follow the hashtag detransition, and you will see people who did take hormones often before the age of even 16, there's one woman, her story is just so heartbreaking. She had a double mastectomy at the age of 15. Someone let this young woman, first of all, some parent or parents let this young woman cut off her breast. A doctor cut off her breast. It's just devastating. So highly recommend that. I want to say one more thing about this video on Planned Parenthood before we go to topic number two, the Planned Parenthood YouTube channel has, I think, 115,000 followers. A lot of followers. That's a lot. That's a lot, right? This video, which has now been online for almost a year, has 184 likes, no dislikes, and here's the kicker, zero comments, which means they turned off the ability for someone to comment because I have enough YouTube channels to know that you can do that. And I'm sure if someone disliked it, they probably took that right off too. You can't please everyone. There's no way someone right. didn't dislike the video, Correct. right? That's not playing yeah. fair. The biggest news of the week in terms of this topic is in the state of Virginia. Okay. A Democratic lawmaker, shock face, going to show you that. What? Uh, <laughs> has initiated legislation to make it illegal not to affirm your child's gender identity. And that is that is beyond overreach, regardless yes. of the subject. But the overreach is ridiculous. Yeah. And the way that it is written is that if you do not, you do not affirm your child's gender identity, you can be charged with child abuse and child protective services can be notified and the child can be taken from the home. OK, my head is exploding <laughs> metaphorically. It's exploding. Like <laughs> This is where we're headed. and. People have to hold the line against this absolute nonsense. I can't imagine looking back 20 years from now and saying, what in the world were we thinking? There Just will be books, many, yeah. many, many books. Yeah. All right. So that was my topic. That's my hill to die on. And we <laughs> yeah. will come back to that in future episodes because yeah. there's the whole trans competing in sports, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, what is our next topic, Edward? Um, wanted to talk uh, in the news this week uh, is about the Russia collusion story that started way back in 2016. There's actually a trial going on in the state of Virginia. Uh, John Durham is the lead investigator that is investigating the entire Russia collusion story. But I wanted to approach it from a, a different point of view. Why do we even have this? Where did this start? It starts with the Clintons. Uh, when the Clintons decided to set up the Bill and Hillary 
Global Initiative. Is that what they called it? From their foundation. Yes, their yeah. nonprofit foundation right. of which when Hillary was Secretary of State, they were getting millions and hundreds of millions of dollars sent to their foundation from yeah. world leaders. And then shockingly, when Hillary lost in 2016, those donations dropped basically nothing. You know, it was a pay to play kind of a scheme. And this is all in the what they call the tax form 990 for nonprofits. You can look all of this up. The other thing I will add is just how much of that money went to overhead and staff and how little of it went to research. Again, proportionally, if you look at the percentages. They're running the foundation. She gets to become secretary of state. She realizes she has gazillions of emails that probably implicate from foreign leaders, from whomever, on the foundation itself. So she sets up a separate server in her Private. house in Chappaqua, right, New York, right. does not use the Secretary of State's actual email domain, mm -hmm. address, everything, and nobody notices it for years. All of a sudden, somebody does notice it back in late 2015, early 2016, and they figure, oh boy, we gotta start cleaning this up they delete 30,000 emails from this server. Okay, those emails were all about Chelsea's wedding and yeah, yoga. Of course, of course. <laughs> and because you can tell how much yoga Hillary does. Oh, oh, okay, that was not nice. Although she might be flexible. Not nice. <laughs> so, okay, all right, continue. And her daughter's wedding. So let's move forward to 2016. Now we've, we're in election time of Trump and Clinton. The email scandal is picking up steam. Like people are asking questions. Why in the world are you doing this? Why did you do this? Loretta Lynch had to recuse herself. And she appointed James Comey to handle the investigation. Jim Comey, head of the FBI. So they start with the whole investigation, and it's leading now up to right in early July. And he comes out right before July 4th and said, even though so many things were done wrong and it's so illegal and everything else, that we just can't think that anybody would prosecute her. The main problem I always had with that is the FBI is what? The Federal Bureau of Investigations. They investigate, and then they turn over their findings to the Justice Department, right. which then they has the legal opinion. Yes, right. he decided to make it all himself. He clears Hillary. Well, the Clinton campaign has seriously wounded by this. Can I add something before you, you continue? Hillary did talk about this on the record. What I thought was so interesting, to me, only two things could have happened. One, she is so dumb that she didn't know better. And she did claim that she didn't know certain documents were classified and da-da-da-da. Or... She's smart and she is. You can't take that from her. I know you don't like her, but she is smart. And she knew exactly what she was doing the whole time. And she did. She did know. And I just want to add here, I wanted Hillary to be president in 2008. I wrote her in. Nothing against Obama. I just thought she had more experience. I did. All right. Don't laugh. Okay. He's laughing. No, He's laughing. Okay. So smirk. I really wanted her to be president. I did. When this came out in 2016, I mean, a lot of things had happened. I had seen those 990s from the Clinton Foundation. I was really upset about it. And when this comes out, I just did not trust her anymore. And so we will, on another episode, talk about 
how we handle the 2016 election. But I could not vote for her. I did not vote for Trump. In fact, I did not vote. It was the first time I didn't vote in a presidential election in my adult life, which made me quite sad. But I, I just couldn't do it. It was so upsetting. She does not get prosecuted. And, but it looks and, bad. And just to step back on when I said she deleted 30,000 emails, she not only deleted them, but she used a program called Bleachbit, mm-hmm. which is wipes out any can't recover. Can find yeah, you can't recover them. There were also phones, Blackberries, and they were smashed with hammers. If you're smashing things with hammers, mm-hmm. you're bleach bidding, you're doing everything possible. You're not wiping out Chelsea's wedding plans. So, so, so your you... point about Hillary being either dumb or smart, Hillary's not dumb. She's as, not dumb. As much as I do not like the woman at all. I have no respect for her whatsoever. She is she is a smart person. She is. So, but they realized that there was incredible damage done for the past few months with it. So they need to get something on Trump. They decided we're going to say that Trump is being influenced by the Russians. They hire a firm called Fusion GPS, which is a political player in D.C. They do work for campaigns and things like that in terms of digging up dirt. They end up finding a man named Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele is an Englishman. He's a former British spy and specialized in Russia as his caseload. He's retired. And they go to Christopher Steele and Christopher Steele comes up with this amazing dossier of incredible things that Trump has supposedly done from prostitutes peeing on the bed in a Moscow hotel to actual collusion with them. So there's a man on trial named Igor Denchenko, who was Christopher Steele's main source. Okay, well, they hire Christopher Steele. Mm -hmm. He creates this dossier. Yes. Is anything in the dossier true? No. Okay. Not a so, single word. And then the Clinton campaign puts this out into the ether, trying to damage Trump. And they do use what's called circular reporting or circular intelligence, where they will tell somebody over on this side the story and somebody over here. And those two tell other people. And it eventually gets, it's like a game of telephone, right? Where all of a sudden, oh yeah, I've heard that. That's what they're, they're trying to portray it as somehow the FBI was duped. I mean, they sold it pretty well. They sold it incredibly right. well. The FBI took it and decided to open an investigation because that's what the Clintons wanted. They wanted an open investigation by the FBI of Trump going into the final months of the election. And that's what they got. So the FBI opened something called Crossfire Hurricane. Comey had cleared Hillary in early July. So now we're in late July going into August and they opened this investigation using the Steele dossier, Christopher Steele, the British spy, and all of his stuff that he got from this guy named Igor Denchenko. Igor Denchenko is on trial by John Durham, the lead prosecutor, and they just rested their case. uh, Why is Igor on trial? He is on trial for lying to the FBI. He lied to the FBI on a number of issues, not necessarily huge issues, but with the FBI. You, you know, don't lie. Yeah, you can lie. If you lie about what you had for breakfast, <laughs> they'll bring you up on charges. <laughs> right. right? So, what did he lie about? He lied about a few different facts and things. Basically, he made up the entire information that he gave to Christopher Steele. He said it was bar talk with him and his friends, and they gave it to Christopher Steele. The FBI, when they get this information from Christopher Steele... This is still before the election. They said, Mr. Steele, we will give you $1 million if you can verify this information. 
because they wanted it to be true. Yeah, right. I really of course wanted they it did. to be yep. true, as you saw from internal FBI emails. Nobody um, wanted the apprentice as president. Correct. So. Yes, they were doing going to do anything they could to stop Trump. So, yeah, they offered him a million dollars. And what happened? He couldn't produce any information. So he didn't get the million dollars? He didn't. However, they decided to hire this Igor Denchenko. So the FBI? The FBI then brings in this Igor Denchenko as they are now hiring him as a confidential source. Because they knew he was the source of the dossier. They knew it. But what the reason for bringing him into the FBI is they could then protect him. And they paid him $200,000 from the time they brought him in in late 2016 through just well, a year ago. So, wow. So yeah, he didn't a, get the full million. He didn't get the million, but he, he got a nice little, nice little deal. So. Okay. So now we fast forward. They bring him in. They pay him money. And he knows it's made up. Mm -hmm. It was bar talk. So he lies to the FBI. He lied about more technical issues than anything. Yeah, he admitted that what he told Christopher Steele was just bullcrap. Okay. And bullcrap. <laughs> the FBI knew that it was crap from almost day one in early, early August, September time that they knew none of this was true. And they've continued to go out in front of the American public, keep saying that Trump colluded with Russia. Okay. And so why is this trial so important? Why are you so passionate about it? This Russia collusion story is the biggest political scandal in American history. Bigger there, than Watergate. It makes Watergate look like a third-rate burglary, which everybody says. But politicians do stupid things. D did Nixon throw away the tapes? He should have, right? <laughs> that, that would have been the smart thing to do. Maybe he shouldn't have recorded people in the first well, place. Well, agreed. But still, again, Hillary gets rid of all her emails. Perhaps she shouldn't have set up the email server. Right. Right? So politicians do stupid things. And it's so important because... You still have a government agency, the FBI, and the Justice Department actively worked against a sitting president of the United States. Because you got to remember that when Trump won, shockingly to you know the world, that was something that truly shocked the world, they didn't just go, oh, man, we tried. We didn't do it. No, they in fact, they doubled down. And they went after FISA warrants that they got from a court using all this bad information that they knew was bad in the warrants, which is incredibly illegal. Okay, but that's the FBI. How does putting Igor on trial change the FBI? Because of the testimony, they've had other FBI agents in there having to testify, and they're all admitting nobody knew that the FBI offered to pay a million dollars. But and then bring in Denchenko, pay him $200,000 and hide him for the next how many years so that nobody has access to him. So it is a travesty that our FBI and Justice Department have become incredibly political. If you are on the right and are charged with anything by the federal government, you don't have a chance. And that's the way they want it right now in this political climate. And unless something is done, and this trial is important because it's brought out so many facts that were not known, and it just shows the depravity and the depths that they went to to try to carry out this scheme. Because just remember, everybody, everybody thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. And if Hillary had won, this would have been in Buried. a rabbit hole, yeah. Yeah, gone. What can someone who's watching this do about the FBI? I mean, pay attention first off, right? That's the most important thing. Understand, don't just look at the headlines because you're always going to get a half-truth. If Republicans take over the House, which 
Lord, they should in, in, in a few weeks here, there will be investigations that really will be ramped up. Everybody talks about eliminating, you know, tearing down the FBI. I think you need to tear down the leadership of the FBI and get actual people in there that are true to the law and not to a political party. All right. And that's what I talk about. <laughs> He's trying to get that catchphrase I, in there and I'm just not on board with it, but this is our second episode. We should share our values. You want to go first? Nope. You. We just want to share our values are free speech. Are you not going to help me out oh, here? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So I will do this. You, All right. Thank you for watching, listening to this second episode of My Favorite Conservative. Our values are free speech, real tolerance, and no censorship. Please check us out. Right now we are on Rumble and we are on Instagram and we're thinking about TikTok, but we're not quite sure. This has been My Favorite Conservative with Edward and Andrea, and he is my favorite conservative. Aww. <laughs>